This is a Rooster Teeth production. After receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis, a renowned art dealer decided to write a memoir detailing his life and legacy. Within the memoir, he hid clues that led to a chest full of artifacts that he had collected over the years, leading some to call him the real-life Indiana Jones. Today, we dig into the mystery known as Forrest Fenn's treasure. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force. We've got another Monday, which means we have another mystery. I'm Trevor Collins, and with me as always with his gut check, the man in the seat, the man in the field, Braveheart himself, Alfredo Diaz. Yeah, I man. I went out on the field. That's right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, all this makes sense. That all adds up. That's exactly what I am. Hello. Um, this is exciting because one of my favorite episodes that we've ever recorded had to do with the it was the secret the secret right yeah yeah the author that had the novel and that had the you know talking about like these creatures and fairies and then they had gems yeah and those were actually real people found out that they can go out there and get it that's a previous episode um oh so yeah then you know if this episode entices you there's you know one that's very similar very parallel i suggest you go check that out Look, this man jumping right in um but promos this, and everything this is Yeah, dude, this one's really interesting. This one is probably, I know we've said this a few times now, but when Christian and I were first conceiving of this show and topics to cover, this was one of the ones at the very top that we absolutely, like, we we held on it this long because... When you gave birth to Red White. When we gave birth, we, we, you know, we we talked about this for nine months. But here's the thing, you know, we did the holiday, holiday, we did the Halloween special, sorry, Christmas on the brain, and uh, that was our face reveal, that was our ghost hunt, that was us getting into a haunted place. Baby hands. That was the origin of baby hands, not yep. low G's. No, baby no, no, hands. no, 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 like the baby hands, ghost G's. Yeah, baby hands. There was little tiny prints in that haunted hospital, and mm-hmm. I'm still confused to this day. Yeah, it was we everywhere need... throughout that hospital. Yeah, was it? Oh yeah, yeah. It was for sure. Places, but and <laughs> Why a lot is of other <laughs> baby walking around the hospital. This isn't a mall. To just he could have been scooting. Through. There was a very small wheelchair and a there very a low telephone wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the ground phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like. This was one of the ones that I wanted to kind of do the face reveal, if you will, for to get out there and see if we couldn't find this treasure. So that's why we oh, held on this for so long. Okay, because this was going to be one of the mm. first ones like yeah, Task yeah, Force yeah. hitting the ground running. Right. But uh, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those ones that's a little less sinister. It's a little less spooky, scary, especially as we come into the holiday season. You know, we want to yeah. keep some levity. And what's, what's more? We want it leaning more towards Santa than Krampus. Yeah, that's a yeah. you know what? That's a good scale. This one's yeah. very, this one's very jolly. This is very sane. <laughs> what's and you know what? What's this holidays more than a just a buried treasure? You know what I mean? Buried treasure, no but, skeletons, <laughs> no ghouls, no ghouls. <laughs> There's always ghouls. But here's the thing: I want to you know I want to dive into a mini mystery before we get into Forrest Fenn and his box of goodies because a mini mystery, yeah, a personal one. I've been experiencing something, and this. I Googled oh. this in the depths of the night last night. Okay, so okay. two nights ago, woke up, and I, I'm, not, I'm a pretty deep sleeper, but I woke up hearing this hum here in Austin, Texas, just in the ether, just out there. Like someone had a leaf blower going at 2.30 a.m. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was just I'm like trying to set the tone. It was kind of like, <laughs> but like, 
but it was like God's leaf blower from 15 oh. miles away. Oh, like, and so I'm like, well, that's annoying. Who's doing that? Some neighbor or something, whatever. And then, but last night, same thing happens. And so I actually went and I filmed outside my, my place just to see if I could capture the subtle sound because it would get louder and softer. And it went, went on for like half an hour. So then I said, before I tweet this thing and make myself look like a fool, maybe it's some sort of electric box or something, I'm going to Google it. And people were like, yeah, out east of Austin, it sounds like there's this hum emanating from God knows where. Like, has anyone else heard this hum in Austin? And that's been over the few years. There's only a few search results. And so that's oh. the, the current mystery I'm enraptured by. Do you think it's like a hum or it's like um, just it's like an age range hum? Oh, you, you think know, I like, got like, tinnitus? You know, like, no. How insert? <laughs> I mean, I do. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Too many my, concerts. You know, consult your doctor. Um, but maybe because, you know, like there's certain tones that like when you're younger, you can hear. But then as you get older, you can't hear as much. Yeah. Oh, like a dog whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, your yeah. frequency range. Yeah. Shrinks At, over time. Yeah. Know, just by use of your ears. Um, maybe it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like an old people home. Great. Now I'm, <laughs> what I, I'm an old people now. Here's We're the thing, like though. We're like the same age. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It, Actually, I'm older. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I'm you should be hearing this. Older. You should be hearing this. I probably hear this much louder than you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm more in tune with this weird sound. Us of an older generation. We wouldn't understand <laughs> us youths, but you guys, like you, Fredo, you should know. I mean, what happens is you probably just tune it out. We just get accustomed to it. Look, right? back like an old in my friend. Day, we hear all kinds of weird noises. We didn't get scared. We stayed in bed. That's and we scared. S- and we slept. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I don't know, like, if I'm, you know, teasing an episode out too far, if we're even going to discuss this, because we've done some earthly mysteries like sky right. trumpets and the things Austin like that. hum. No, dude. There is an actual phenomenon out there where certain people, like 2% of the population across the world, starts hearing this hum, but it never goes away. It just never goes away. And only they hear it. And they, and they typically hear it more at night than they do in the day. So, so that's the thing that I started reading about at 2 a.m. last night. And so I was like, just, I, ooh, I don't want to be 2%. I don't yeah, want to do that. You're just going to hear that hum the whole time? You're I don't hear it now. You're to live with hearing the hum? I mean, it went away. I stayed awake enough to, to hear it go. I guess it could be worse, right? It's more like a, is it just like a mellow hum? Yeah, I mean, literally just sounds like a leaf blower hum, ooh, right? So it's not like mellow at all. So it's not like, <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> Just like uh, here, uh, let me see if I can't play man, a little clip. It could be worse. It could be like a imagine if it was like a oh like sky a, whale. Like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this I you obviously hear do like you hear it? You I obviously can't tell he- if it's like background noise. So there's or- there's there's white noise, right? There's static. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're gonna hear me talking because I'm like illustrating what's but I, I kind of stop talking when I hear it raise up. So within that white noise, you hear a like that. You hear that? Do you hear it? I don't know. I don't. The problem don't, is it's, it's consistent, so you're erasing it as background noise. Yeah. It's not I mean, that I'm trying to you can hear the you can hear the noise or not. You hear that. You hear the shh of the white noise because I've I've raised the volume all the way up. But within that, you hear it's almost like, for lack of a better comparison, like a trumpet note, just like a do. Like that isn't background mm. noise. That is That's something. The, the noise. Yeah, I'll oh. play another clip. Okay, I double checked the outline from when we did Sky Trumpets, and we did talk about the hum. So we discussed that? it before. Here, w- listen to it change a little bit. You don't hear that. 
I don't... Hear it getting louder? It's swelling up, and then it swells down. I'm gonna go back. Cause, cause it got louder. Listen, just listen to Kurt, it. Kurt, I don't. How the hell do you I'm not, not hear that? I'm not hearing. How do you not hear that? I was gonna make a joke that I didn't hear it. Oh, and I was like, dude. I kind of hear like that, the the leaf blower noise. Yeah. I'm not hearing the swelling up and down. Yeah, that, it's, it's very subtle because it's such a far away whatever this thing is, dude. It's the. It's the freaking owls talking to him. Oh it's the owls. I'm telling they found you. Them. I'm telling they you right now. Out I'm telling you. In the middle of the night. I I don't know if it picked up even on this microphone, but it, or if this is even in the episode. But task force, <laughs> if you be. heard it, it, should be. Let us know. Comment on the YouTube channel or on roosterteeth.com where this also uploads with a yeah. comment section. Let us know that, that you heard the hum. And then my question is, why are you lying to us? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Get some help. <laughs> Yeah, it's I wild, dude. Okay, I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do tonight. If it happens, I'm gonna stay up super late. Damn, I'm gonna pass, film I'm past his bedtime. <laughs> I'm gonna stay up past my bedtime of 6:30 p.m. right after the podcast records. And what I'm gonna do is, when I hear it, I'm gonna record. No talking, no nothing else. I'm just gonna record. And then if it goes away, or maybe before it even starts, I'll record. So that way you can hear, the, hear difference. the difference. And so yeah. you'll. So that way the background noise of the white noise mm-hmm. will meld together, but you'll hear. it. Do and then just gone because I'll okay. edit them together yeah. and we'll report back on the next episode. I thought that I heard it, but then when you talked about it swelling, I didn't that's hear that. Like, so it wasn't it, okay. I did like hear like it was like a yeah, like yeah. that. I heard, but it was the constant. It was, it was it constant. Was, it wasn't. But here's the thing: it was more in person. It definitely swells up, but like one decibel, like super subtle. But if you're there and that's the only noise you hear yeah. as a human, you notice there. the difference. Yeah, it's. It, I thought it was like a uh, one of those tornado sirens that do. Like it oh. spins around. Wow, you were hearing it swell up like that, but very subtle and very far away, as if it was like like the Doppler effect on it was just so subtle. But it didn't sound like a tornado oh. alarm. Trust me, Damn, I grew being up a in part Indiana. of that two percent sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not the two percenter you want to be. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough distraction from the main mystery. But that had me like freaking out a little bit last night. Not freaking out, but going like, "What is this?" Yeah. Uh, and I was also in my jammy jams. That's you know, me in my backyard going. <laughs> it's, it's like che- Chewbacca snoring. <laughs> it, just, it just muffles itself over great distances. Oh my god! <laughs> it's what is that? Dwight Schrute crying in that yeah. one episode where he's upstairs. <laughs> Dwight, are you okay? Go back to bed, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Man, someone stubbed their toe five miles out of town. Anyway, I, I just wanted to talk about that at the top of the No, episode. that's very interesting. Because that's like, I saw just enough Google results to be like, okay, task force, yeah. let's bite into this one, see if you've got this going. But anyway, let's talk about Forrest Fenn um, and his treasure and uh, and just kind of unfold that little mystery, huh? So Forrest Fenn, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, was an art dealer, and he also served in the Air Force, traveling all over the world. During his travels, he collected rare artifacts, becoming known as the real-life Indiana Jones, or at least to some. Fenn accumulated enough stuff to create his own gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which ran for 17 years until it was finally sold in 1988. A fun little fact here, it actually supposedly grossed $6 million per year, so over 17 years, just Dude, just a little bit over 100 mil. That must be, uh, this has got to be one of the coolest people in the world. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, holy story. hell. Like, imagine just knowing this person, traveling around the world, 
uncovering artifacts like right. this, there are movies indiana jones right, right. Like, there are movies about characters like this and this guy was doing it not only doing it but doing it successfully mm-hmm. for many years absolutely many many years enough to have a, a, a gallery of, yeah enough to have a, a gallery like i i will never in my lifetime uncover well s- like one piece stop it we're not going <laughs> we're not stop this man wants to get us out in the field doing dangerous things what i'm just gonna say was you got enough pokemon cards to maybe start a gallery here soon true but i'm in <laughs> stop it true yes yeah. yeah um but like to travel the world like mm-hmm. I, I will never travel the i mean i will travel the world but i'm not gonna go and like Indiana Jones my way to an artifact. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's this really guy neat. Has a gallery full of that stuff. Yeah. Like it just to me, it seems so out there that like, oh man, like you are so rare and lucky to get one. There's so many people on the planet and so many people that are also trying to do this. This man had enough to have a gallery. Like that's pretty sick. Yeah. It's 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 really interesting. It's a really cool story. Uh, if nothing else, right? I would also imagine, but, like, what does the red tape around that look like? Because you have to travel oh, yeah. to different countries, and then if you find stuff, depending on where it's located. Right. And then, I mean, there's already drama with, like, let's just pick off the London History Museum, right? Yeah. And, and like, yoinking stuff from other countries. And, yep. like, who owns that? And I don't think there's much of a discussion there. There's no real argument. But, like, there's possession, there's ownership, and there's the rightful ownership. Exactly. But, like... How so does that work with these right. things, especially if, if they're cultural into, artifacts? You know, the, if he's like entering these countries, uncovering an artifact, and then taking it away from the country, like yeah, like there must be so much red tape or getting around that stuff. Like this man must have stories on stories, right? Well, yeah, definitely a fascinating individual, and uh, and and it's no wonder that people would call him the real life Indiana Jones, all things considered. But flashing forward, obviously, to the year that he sold his gallery, this is 1988, and unfortunately at the time, he was diagnosed with cancer a year after his father was diagnosed with the very same news. And unfortunately, on top of that, it was diagnosed as terminal. So that's kind of where this story kicks off. Fenn decided as his legacy that he would bury hidden treasure for anyone to find. It would also be his future burial place, the place that he hid this treasure. Ultimately, Fenn did survive the cancer, at least for quite some time, and wrote a memoir in 2010 called The Thrill of the Chase. This book contained a poem filled with clues very, very similar, like you said, to The Secret, which is a whole episode that we talked about. That's so dope. It's very cool. Now, uh, Task Force, get out your notebooks. You know what? We got a field book notebook out there that you can go ahead and purchase at store.roosteeth.com. Just a little plug. Just a little plug. Yeah, we got some Um, notebooks and some pins. Uh, Not the jackets. You guys bought and sold those out. Holy crap. (laughs) Pins sold out too, actually. Huh? The, the pins, pins sold out too. Pins. The all red okay. variant of yep. the badge all, all slash right. pins. Task Force is suited up. Yeah. I can't wait till we do like um like a live event for like Red Web if we oh. grow that big, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe like during an RTX and just see everyone like the task force locked and loaded dressed oh to God. the nines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jacket, pin, we're ready. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's worth mentioning, As but just before I get into the poem, yeah, we just came out of Cyber Monday and Black Friday and everything, and that's kind of where we launched a lot of merch. But also, as of recording this, we haven't re- launched the shirt just yet, but on the second, you'll 
This is in your past now, but in the, on the second, we also have the misunderstood hero Mothman propaganda merch, <laughs> yeah. which I am so <laughs> effing I love, excited I love for, it dude. Is the misunderstood hero, <laughs> right? It's like, well, that's the that's the lore we set, and you know, some people were also reaching out saying Mothman was at the center of the last mystery we just posted, which was the missing four one one cases. So maybe really? Mothman's out there on vacation. No evidence. The the guy. Let me find his Twitter. I want to. I want to. Is credit that one him of the, the like? Maybe he's out there just eating people. That's a really far out, like... No, no, he's just watching them perish because they had no markings on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not gonna dox your full name, but it's it's Will uh, over from the UK said that this is their theory. Missing 411s is just straight up Mothman. They're just touring the, the country. So that merch is, is out now as well, um, if, if it isn't already sold out because you guys have been so phenomenal <laughs> this holiday you, season. Just want to say thank you before I continue. But anyway, uh, I want to set the tone. Nick, go ahead and strike the right music, whatever you find that suits you. And I'm going to read through this poem as Ooh. best I can. As it goes, he says, As I've gone alone in there and with many treasures bold, I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know, I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good, your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. And so it ends very, uh, very traditionally like much a poem would. But the memoir also began the hunt for this treasure. I mean, he said he was gonna do this, this poem really sparked the interest. Yep. And he says that the treasure buried was appraised to be worth one to two million dollars. When you consider the gallery, it's a bit of a dent in the coffers, but nothing to scoff at. No. You know, especially if you're hiding this. It's it's not gonna be buried, he says. It's it's going to be hidden. So you could see it maybe with your naked eye upon looking for this or maybe even stumbling into it. So Think of that. One to two million dollars just sat above ground somewhere, ready to be found by anybody. That's that's pretty insane. It's also just cool that this is, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you read in stories and you yeah. watch in movies, but this is an actual real life thing. Definitely. Like, I don't have, like, a legacy, you know what I mean? Like, when I pass, I, you know, it's just like, I've, I've filmed a, a ton of stuff. I have read web, but there isn't like a, hey, go hunt this treasure down, you know what I mean? I don't know, maybe like, uh, uh, I'll throw a bunch of Polaroid nudes in a box <laughs> and then like, and then write a poem about how you can hunt the treasure down and like no one will hunt it down. But like, I don't, and case shut, close the book. Let's go home. I don't, I don't have something that's like, that's like, Oh, go hunt this down world. Right. Like the world is like, you know, this, this is far reaching. Mm -hmm. You can reach different continents and planets and whatnot. And they're like, oh, like there will be someone there. It's like, I want to get in on this hunt. Yeah. yeah it, I, don't, at, I don't got nothing like that. Yeah. Because at this point <laughs> in time, really, the only thing you have to go off of is the clues here. Uh, it could be anywhere. And I'll, and I'll talk a little bit more about clues that he's slowly divulged over the years to kind of continue to help people. Oh, slow drip of clues slow over the drip. years. Yeah. That's right. Because you did say that. 
he was diagnosed and then he lived past what mm -hmm. was projected. He was also, you know, pretty up there in age. He was definitely a senior citizen, right? And so, you know, everyone's got a limited time yeah. on this planet. And so I'm sure he's cognizant of that and he's wanting to make sure that, you know, whether it's at least for the story of it or for the history that he's kind of creating mm -hmm. or to kind of help, you know, it be found in his time, you know, what, who's right. to say? But ultimately the treasure was said to contain a lot of different things. Gold nuggets, gemstones, 265 gold coins, cultural artifacts, oh. jewelry, and Fenn's prized turquoise bracelet, which, interestingly enough, was to be returned to Fenn upon finding the treasure, almost as if it was a way to validate that the person found it and didn't fake it. Like, find the treasure, but return this turquoise bracelet to me to basically lock it in, I guess. Is... Does Fen reward them with more? Like if the Turk is the Turk, I think the reward is all owning all of it. That's that's what it. Oh, like like you get everything else. The bracelet's just to basically be like, hey, I can like, use that no, back. But like, is the bracelet worth anything? Like, if someone found it, mm. why in that point would you just go? I'm gonna go out of my way to return the bracelet. If it's worth something, just keep it and just right. continue along your way with the million dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who finds it and when. You know, like, True. I can also see, you know, your average Joe maybe being like, oh, well, like, they want the there's going to be a story here. And, yeah. and so, like, you know, most people are good people, right? And they and they would want to return it maybe. Or if nothing or else, just to, want to have the, that story. The, yeah, exactly. The publicity. The story, the publicity, the cloud. They'd be like, yeah. I was the one that found it. It right. was me. And you can, and I have the way to prove it. Here's this yeah. bracelet. Otherwise, yeah, it's a bit sleazy to be like, I found it. No one will no know. No one will know. Uh, which is totally possible for something like this. But um, some more information about this chest for anybody who, I don't know, maybe wants to get out there and find it. Um, oh, if so you it can. has yet to be discovered. Well, who's to say? Listen to the end of the episode and maybe we'll have some <laughs> ends. Damn it. you young one. So <laughs> all of this was contained in a 45-pound 10 inch by 10 inch by 5 inch bronze chest. And for our metric viewers, uh, that's about 20.4 kilograms and 250 by 250 by 130 millimeters. Uh, again, a bronze chest said to have been crafted in the 12th century. So even the, the chest that it's in is historic in and of itself. But again, as I mentioned, there's a slow trickling of clues that happened to come out over the years as Fenn revealed them in interviews and in blog posts and things like that. So I'm going to outline some of those now. He mentions it's north of Santa Fe, New Mexico, that it's between 5,000 and 10,000 feet in elevation in the Rocky Mountains, aka 1,500 to 3,000 meters. It is not in a mine, a graveyard, a cave, or near any structures. It's within the boundaries of the states of New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, or Montana. One of these four, he's saying. Ooh. So you know it's in the United States now. It's one of these four states. Yeah. And he said also, as I mentioned, it's not buried, but rather hidden. So it could be under something. It could be obscured, but he right. didn't like dig a hole and then stick it down in there. And finally, the, the last clue that he trickled out was that the treasure was a location that a 70-year-old man could get to, such as Fenn himself. When he buried it, he was 70, so he would have needed to be able to access this area. So basically, that is to say, like, no climbing, no hard Yeah, nothing, pathing, like, extreme. Like, You're yeah. not going to, like, look at a mountain pass and go, all right, it could be up that mountain, right? Right. Um, right. And I think most people would look at it and go and know that a 70-year-old man was yeah. um, hiding this, but... I mean, that's a good chunk of clues yeah i mean and surprisingly a good variety you're learning location elevation and then like the conditions and then also 
like the, I guess, physical prowess required mm -hmm. to find this stuff. Like that's that's a good chunk. Yeah, he's talking about you know being in the woods. He's talking about cold water. Something about a blaze. So yeah, you're right. There's a there's a very wide set of clues that won't from any particular angle triangulate. There, you're not going to say, okay, I know for a fact this area uh, because he got very specific on location, but not so much on I don't know. Like, uh, so here's a map that I have, and we'll post this as always. The visuals will go on our YouTube video version of this, as well as our Twitter post, both with the same handle, Red Web Pod. Um, but Fredo, for you, I'm going to show you the map. It shows Montana all the way down to New Mexico, <coughs> and that's the stretch of the Grand Canyon and Rocky Mountains that he's kind of looking at. Ah, the treasure map. The thrill of the chase. Stretching from Montana through Wyoming all the way down to Colorado into New Mexico. Epic. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Tell me more. Just say anything. Read the uh, read the ingredients of my Cheerios. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is a damn like this. As you were saying it, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, like that just seems like it's a, it's a, you kind of pinpoint the location pretty well. But now I'm looking at it like as, you know, the mountain ranges and everything. Mm -hmm. And this, God, anywhere. Yeah. I mean, for those like, who don't know much about the continental United States, this essentially spans from the very topmost to the bottommost uh, of the country on towards the west side of the country. So yeah. it, it's quite a long distance in that sense, but also the terrain is so treacherous. We have the mountains and the canyons. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of geography and a lot of very far removed pieces of, of land out here. So while it does feel small, it is actually quite a wide range of places. Yeah, and, and when Fen was talking about it was a location that he could get to, you kind of just go, okay, well, like that eliminates a lot of places, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but man, there's just a lot of places I could get to. <laughs> like, look yeah. at this map. Like, he, he could have got to anywhere. Right. I just like to think now of like this man getting carried up the mountain by a Sylvester Stallone type. Like, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, hey, like, yo, Fed, what do you want this? <laughs> Where are we going? And Where he's like, he's going? on like a baby Bjorn on his back, and Fen's like, a little higher, Sylvester. <laughs> We're almost there. I mean, supposed to, you know, it could have been a cliffhanger situation. Exactly what I'm here. saying. He's dangling, holding the treasure. Do I, do I let go of the man or the treasure? What are we? Oh. Um, anyway, let's talk about the hunt now for this, because clearly this has been a yeah, viral I'm sensation sure. online and off. Of people. Mm hmm. So right after this, since 2010, tens of thousands of people have participated in the hunt for Fen's treasure. And according to Fen, he had a number around 350,000 people. It's hard to know if the man is embellishing his own story because this is a deep, yeah. fascinating story. From how do you measure that? Mm -hmm. Even if you were like counting, right? Right. So it's like, a hard thing to that's estimate. Such a high number to like keep track of. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is that for the hunt, Fen claimed that the only tools necessary to find it are the poem, a map, and general geographic knowledge. So what's exciting wow. about this? Like you don't need climbing gear. Exactly. You don't need a shovel, mm -hmm. a rocket ship. Yeah. mining team. thought this man was going to say a rocket launcher. I was, <laughs> was going to say, man, you're looking for some strange treasures. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what I think makes this so enticing. Because not only is this such a beautiful stretch of the country, so scenic, um, it is accessible 
to, you know, anyone. Anyone that has, like I mentioned, this this poem, the map, and all that sort of stuff, and it's not physically challenging as indicated by some of his clues. So ultimately, there are nine clues within the poem that people have decided upon. There, You know, there's a lot of language in there, but yeah. there are nine things, nine pieces in particular that kind of help figure out where you're going. One of those, as an example, was like, where you're going, you know, you're going to be up this creek, but you don't need a paddle. So that indicates kind of an elevation play near some uh, stream or river, stuff like that, yeah. right? Um, one of the things he said, quote, you can find the chest with just the clues, but there are hints in this book that will help you with the clues. Ooh, gotta buy the book. Gotta buy the book. Gotta Pay get, to win. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But with regards to the poem itself, right? I mean, this is why he's saying the the book is there to help you because he wants the poem to stand on its own. He doesn't want anyone to read too much into it or kind of twist it, manipulate it to fit a new solve. He says the way it's written is how the poem is meant to be read. And so don't try to twist it, read into it, because then you're going to end up with clues that really blur right. where you're headed. But ultimately, it's more the, straightforward than you think. Yeah, probably. So the treasure is likely hidden somewhere in the wilderness of the Rocky Mountains, perhaps in a national park, right? Uh, somewhere highly trafficked, but somewhere where you could maybe hide it off the beaten path. Because if yeah. it's if it's above ground, um, you know, you, you wouldn't want somebody stumbling into it. But uh, one thing that's worth mentioning, though, on, on this hunt that people have noted is that Fenn often visited Yellowstone as a kid. So... That is a hot right. spot for people to start from. They start yeah. from there, work their way out. It's like a good location, mm -hmm. right? You kind of like when when stuff hits the fan, or if you're feeling low or whatnot, or it's just like kind of like common human uh, tendency. It's just to like go to familiar areas. That's a that's what I was getting at. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good place to start. But. Is he's then saying, hey, people might know that. They might dig into it because they're going to dig into my life trying to find my treasure. I take it off of the location that I visited when I was a kid. Or does he then go, all right, people are going to think that. So then I throw them off by actually putting it in the location that they think that's going to be. But then he goes, okay, but if they solve that, I pull it, put it slightly somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Triple. Know. This, this is, man's triple double thinking. This is this. I'm. I'm in his head. Reverse, reverse psychology. Yes. <laughs> and, now and now I'm confused. <laughs> and now you don't know where the where the treasure is. <laughs> I have no clue where this is located. I'm Could sorry, guys. That was no help. <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, you know, in two in 2010, he like puts out this poem and he goes, "I dare you to find it." And then, like, old faithful, right? The geyser stops blowing. <laughs> like, it's, it's so you're like, news today as the old faithful, I don't know why I went mid-Atlantic, but basically, <laughs> they're, they're like, the, the geyser, it's not popping it, anymore. Yeah. I can't get my photo ops. What the hell? No one's coming anymore. And then they, they realize some old man wedged his chest <laughs> down in there. He goes, drats, you found it. Um, too obvious. Too obvious. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because obviously with so much geographical terrain, you can start looking at any body of water, any forest. And so, yeah, I think it's smart to start where you know he visited as a kid and kind God, of do you just take like a metal detector and just go hunting for it uh that's interesting actually is bronze magnetic yeah is it i don't even know or were any of the artifacts not gold not gems no bronze is usually non-magnetic but certain no. alloys oh. containing iron or nickel may have magnetic properties. So no no beep beep beeps Ooh, no, out there. No beep beep beeps. Yeah. Damn. 12th century knew how to avoid that. Damn it. <laughs> so here's the thing. This kind of led people to realize, all right, 
Fenn is an avid outdoorsman and collector, obviously. And so a lot of theories started to pop up that the location of the treasure might rely on knowledge of Fenn's personal history and Fenn himself, like where he and his family lived, where they liked to visit, right? Like, you know, the national parks and particularly during his childhood. So that's where a lot of people started to put this poem through his filter. And that's where the memoir really helps elucidate further information on him that can then inform the, the poem and the clues. And that's kind of what he had indicated himself, right? But since the thrill of the chase, he has since published three more memoirs and how to interpret the poem, you know, regardless has, has been hotly debated, right? Uh, he's saying, you know, just take it as it is, take it at face value, but even still it's a poem and it's, and it's wibbly wobbly with its words. And yeah. so you can still interpret it. You might feel like it's direct to you, but it might be direct in a different way to others. So he had additional memoirs that were released that helped people solve it. So he had additional memoirs that at least helped talk more about himself, right? Oh, yeah. Now and people, that, and people assumed, assumed that, yeah, yeah, that, that, would, that would help feed into it all. almost had like a DLC roadmap. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> that's the thing too. And, and what, what, Christian? Why are you? <laughs> good comparison. It's a great comparison. <laughs> Feels like, you know, Q1, Memoir 1, Q3, Memoir 2. Exactly. You know like, why didn't you just release them all as yeah, a Q4, memoir? Yeah, Q4, Battle Pass. Like. <laughs> <laughs> How many treasures can you get in this season? Here's the thing. Like, I think this is what really started to open up this whole mystery to controversy. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but. Uh-oh. Yeah. But we have a website, fentreasure.com, that features three popular theories on essentially how to analyze the poem and its hints. So, and I'm going to break those down briefly before we go into the controversies kind of surrounding this treasure hunt. But one of them is a kind of A to B. Follows the poem as an instructional guide leading a treasure hunter from point A to point B. That's one way to interpret it. First, you hit line number three, clue number one. You hit line number four, clue number two, and then you work your way through, and that's how it guides you. Right, or that's what he wants you to think, because mm -hmm. in line number one, it's clue number five. Line number six is clue number nine. Okay. And then All right, well, I think you're going to confuse yourself again. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> but okay. no, that is, that is kind of a different way to think about it. So that's A to B, but then there's like a circle path kind of idea, which is clues are all around the same spot, so once you see all of these clues, you know you're in the right place. That is to say, what you're kind of indicating is it would be kind of this way, right? right. So whatever line this clue is on, these, these nine clues essentially are all present at one key location. Oh. That's another way to think about it. So yeah, there's that stream, there's that tree, there's that walk, yeah. all in one spot. Yeah, the source. And then the third way to interpret these, or at least the third theory, is known as unlock. Uh, and it kind of explains that these clues in the poem are in conjunction with other information that stands out to the reader in Fenn's books, thereby unlocking the location. The nine clues may not be the exact location clues, but clues to what to look for in Fenn's book. It's much more speculative, uh, and it may involve decoding, and it's much more convoluted, but it's interesting. Basically, the clues in the poem point to the book, and once you're in the book, now you got the real clues. Yeah. I don't really know about that one, just based on what he himself right. has said, but it is certainly a way to go about it. You got to, yeah. you know, there's a I mean, thousand look, ways. There's a lot of money on the line here. Oh, yeah. Just stowed away somewhere could be a, as easy as behind a rock or sitting up a tree. We don't know. You got to look at every single location. This man's like my uncle telling a 
vivid story. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> could be behind that tree or that rock. That stream could be there too. Here's the thing. You know that house? Maybe it's there. Here's the thing. My uncle tells some fascinating stories. Half the time, I don't know if he knows where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But I mean, that's true though. Like it, it straight up could be perched up on a tree like an owl, could be sat down on the ground like an owl. I mean, I, who's to say? <laughs> sat down on the ground like an owl. I saw a video the other day, someone tweeted me and it was an owl practicing hunting and it couldn't really fly just yet. So it was just running around like, like a gremlin with its wings flopping around and it was like, and then it pounced and I was like, oh, that's adorable, but also sinister as hell. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about some of the controversies kind of behind it, because as you can kind of pick up on there, yeah, there's a lot of like, is it for book sales? Right. Or, is this for book yeah. sales? Is this is this kind of like, um, you know, the last breath, the last hurrah to make a name for oneself? Obviously, this man, is, you can't argue he lived a fascinating life. Yeah. And is this one last kind of hurrah for notoriety? There's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. There's nothing kind of evil behind this. It's just, but there right. are controversies nonetheless. Um, and those are just too off the cuff. But so with this vast web of theories and hints and all this sort of stuff, and the vastness, obviously, of the terrain that this could be hidden in, such as the Rocky Mountains, there are millions upon millions of places that this treasure could be, which leads a lot of people to think maybe, is it even out there, right? But beyond that, many Fen treasure hunters have actually had to call in rescue for themselves and for friends yeah. because of the treacherous locations that they were searching in. And so that in and of itself, sending people willy-nilly out into such treachery, uh, it's kind of a hot-button topic. I mean, he tried to distill it and say, listen, I'm a 70-year-old man. When I hid this, right. go where but, I, mean, I would. People are just going to you know, go. But people like, are going to go. At the end of the day, they're going to like try and push themselves. Mm -hmm. And you have to think too, there's probably a lot of people who that have no hiking experience or right. outdoor wilderness experience whatsoever. Like I got Maybe money you, experience. You know what I mean? I'm I probably not touch grass in months, you know, and they're out here just <laughs> <laughs> they're out here like, I gotta go get this money. Yeah. I gotta get this bag, this treasure. Right, right. And then they get lost. Exactly. I mean, Mary ain't gonna help them. So Right. What did you say? <laughs> Smoking and marrying? <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> I just agreed to whatever he said. I said, right. <laughs> he could have said anything. I said, Smokey the Bear isn't going to help him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Immediately that turn, what, huh? Wait, wait. How about, how about? There, was a, there was a flip that was switching that man's mind. <laughs> so, I mean, so there's obviously that part of it. And, and how much can he take personal responsibility? It's hard to say. That could be argued. But... Beyond that, some have even, you know, treasure hunters have even damaged important cultural artifacts and natural structures and even broken laws leading to arrests in searching for this. So again, you know, it, it can you... Causing a ruckus. Causing a ruckus. And I mean, I think the responsibility is on the person. You can't just be like, he gave me a treasure map, so I just bashed the White House down to say, is it here? Like, you can't yeah. just go doing that. Yeah. But it's like this delicate balance of where does the... I mean, regardless, it's still a controversy because these are things that are happening in the I mean, I get all. it. You threw a lot of money out there and you say, go get it. But then the, at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where like those people are choosing to do destructive things. Right. What's interesting... I mean, we have even like an example here. There's a searcher named David Christensen. And now this is wild. This happened in January of 2020. He attempted to climb down about 850 feet by tying a rope to a railing in Yellowstone National Park. 
He had to be rescued and he was subsequently jailed and had to pay back the park $4,000 because of that. You know, that's how much it cost the park to save him. But like, I mean, come on. I don't think like, a 70-year-old man went to a national park, looked left and right, tied a rope to the railing and rappelled down like Mission Impossible. Clearly, yeah, exactly. He was very clear in saying that like this is something that I'm capable of doing. Right. Now, I haven't seen this Fen character. Like he could be 70 and buff as hell. He could be like the rock. <laughs> and then it'd be like, oh, okay, now I know why he tried to scale the mountainside. <laughs> no, but even he man literally said, I mean, maybe and buff. Maybe he came wasn't out. No, <laughs> sci- he wasn't no scientist. I mean, he's not a scientist. He can't go scaling walls with yeah. no ropes, you know. He, he's <laughs> he not a buff. buff. Scientist. <laughs> but I think that's implied by saying scientists. You know, they're yeah. all ripped and shredded. Yeah, all scientists are ripped. Yeah. <laughs> you ask any task force member, scientists, they're buff. Buff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if you see a scientist come through and say they're they're buff, oh, and they no. or they're not buff. They're not a scientist. You need no, to check their license. Not, not at all. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit. Like I'm I'm flying off the cuff because I I honestly didn't know um how many co- kind of controversies were in play here. I knew about the treasure hunt, but I didn't know I was like the controversy was more so in lines of like it's this guy just trying to sell a bunch of books. Like I'm sure the treasure's I think out that's there, in there, but there's sure. also like hey the treasure's out there, but make me double right. And we'll my get there. Books. I mean I think there's ideas that was this a hoax? Was this yeah. trying to you know throw it, it on your Kindle? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, wouldn't look, doubt, you wouldn't steal a book. Like, everything has controversy, though. I mean, even Red Web has controversy. Right. Like, how is this such a good podcast? It's, it's unfairly just, good. It's just like, is this really a mystery podcast? I mean, right. all they do is talk about movies. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, it's in the log line. The number one movie podcast about mysteries. I think that's very clear. I think we <laughs> so ridiculous. We completely the illustrated one at the movie top. Podcast about mysteries. <laughs> Can we change the description on all platforms <laughs> and just shift us to a new genre? But... I mean, come on, who's going to, is, is, uh, you know, is John Apple going to come through and be like, this podcast is in the wrong genre. If we put it in the movie genre, what's going to happen? It, Our discoverability might go to crap, but hey, <laughs> Task Force, you're out there, well, help I mean, us out. Well, you know, you yeah, know. I mean, it's a good joke. Who's going to do anything? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, like, imagine, who, who would say imagine, anything? Imagine, like, someone clicking on it. And expecting like to hear about the latest Marvel movie, <laughs> and it's just like Fence Treasure. On, never heard of that film. On December sixteenth, <laughs> five victims. It's like what? Like, like what movie? Whoa! Is this? Captain Marvel went haywire in the yeah. sequel, dude. See, that's a good way to get listeners because they'll just keep listening. Like, when are they going to get to the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there I it is. is. I, Seventy I episodes. Yeah. I heard. It. I heard them <laughs> talk about Total Recall for two seconds. <laughs> Here's the thing, too, is like this episode might be the like the fastest possible time to film reference. You say that every episode. (laughs) This is the first time was the fastest. No, dude. This is the first time we've had a film in the hook. That was in the hook. Yeah. That's true. I don't think you get any faster than the second sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. (laughs) All right. But coming back to to the controversies, I mean, and I and I don't want to, you know, be too flippant with this because people have have the five people to be specific while looking for this location, have passed away. I mean, it's it's wild. People have gone missing. Um, you know, there was Randy Bilyeu, uh in January 2016 who went missing in New Mexico while searching for the treasure. Investigators quickly found his raft and dog, Tony, but it took months to find his remains along the Rio Grande. So, I mean, it's no joke. If this is something that, like, whether it's this treasure or another one that you want to go out and search, 
you know, yeah, you got to take is, it seriously. You, you might want to get, you like, got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. Get you maybe an expert to guide you through. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, so it, I know it seems very much so like, oh, just go walk in the. No, you you get lost. Oh, easy. You can easily you find very yourself fast. in a world of hurt. And and we're also like, you know, we take for granted having signal and phones. Oh, my phone's got a map and all that. But like, and I get it. There's uh, satellite phones and no stuff. Service. You go far enough out. Not even AT and T is going to give you that no, service. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. you're going to be on your own. Yeah. Not able to call. Not Can able you to hear go- me now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to know is that, and this is going to help you all out for when you all invariably get lost. Moss grows on one of the specific cardinal direction sides of the tree. I don't remember which side, <laughs> but when you see, but when you see the moss growing on one side of the tree, you're going to be like, "Damn, knew it." <laughs> that needs to be like a new YouTube channel, somewhat helpful stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like life shit tips, you know? Like it's the opposite but, of pro but it's tips. Like, it's like very important tips, but like without the pertinent without what, like leaving out key features. Like yeah. moss grows on one cardinal side. I don't know what side, but it does. It's like what? Thanks. That's so helpful, but so unhelpful all yeah. the same time. Yeah. Good go. It was it the north side? Was it the I north side? See. I think it might depend on your hemisphere because I think it has to do with the sun, but it's either the sunny side or the not sunny side. On the west side. I'm thinking it's like the shady side because so the not the sun because you can get, gotta get the moisture. It is indeed north side. Yeah, there it is. Damn. For that exact reason. Yeah, wow. yeah but what yeah, about baby, baby, baby. like you know, in Asia, is it west side there? Okay, well it depends on where in Asia because you know, I, I think most of Asia is above the equator, right? If you're looking at India. Ooh. Maybe or maybe so. Basically, south of the equator was what, what we're looking now at. Now we're talking about geography, and that's just that's <laughs> <laughs> just out of my wheelhouse. So, are you asking Asia because it's on the other side of the planet? Yeah. Like, are you thinking like environmentally, or are you thinking like because I was thinking physically, like the sun would burn it out. I'm thinking any of those things. Okay, any and all. Multiple <laughs> any, choice answer. Any. Fill in E. Yeah. All of the above. Now we're just having Christian look up <laughs> worthless things. <laughs> Listen, someone's in the woods going, Trevor said one of the sides, but I, he never said which. He and like, and so I'm lost, but hey, that's an interesting half fact. Yeah. So we got to make sure we save, you know, At Jennifer out there in, in North Carolina. One she went camping. She's like, <laughs> the moss. <laughs> the moss, what side? Oh, apparently that's a myth. And the moss does not only grow on the north side of trees. Oh, would you look at that? I'm gonna argue this. I'm gonna argue My this fact with another fact. Covered the real truth. Here's the thing. I I grew up near some woods, and I'll be real. <laughs> Moss certainly shared the same side. Typically, not again. Sure, which side? But they tended to grow. Look at look. Go look at a pair of trees that has moss on it, and tell me they don't share the same side of moss and non moss. <laughs> but like the way you started that, like listen here, I grew up around some trees. <laughs> like I'm not listening to that okay, person. Okay, I'm not saying a couple of trees. I mean there was there. Were, I grew up near some woods. Okay. <laughs> I grew up near like hey, look, I see some trees. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> look, I had an evergreen and a Japanese maple right out front. <laughs> Maybe an elm or something. I don't know. <laughs> Walnuts every year. I know trees. <laughs> Those are tree names. Anyway. Okay, actually, uh, oh, come half, on. half wrong. It does depend on where in the world. In the northern hemisphere, Boom. moss most often grows on, on the north side. But on the southern hemisphere, most typically grows on the south side. Here it is. Here it is. See, I, have, I know just oh. enough to sound smart, but not enough to be practical. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to save lives, but no. man, can I impress people over a cocktail or two? <laughs> especially especially after a cocktail or two. And they don't ask too many questions. They're just like, sure, man. <laughs> They're like, yeah, dude. 
But see, most of the time, like, damn, like I, I can't like if I get lost, if I find one tree with moss on it, I'm gonna be like, ah, I can't really trust it. It's not a hundred percent accurate. I gotta go find like a grouping of trees with some moss on it. I'm telling you though, the serious fact though, like when you see a grouping of trees that has mature moss on it. It's it's pretty startling how consistent they do appear on the north-ish side, but certainly always on the same side together. And so like it's it's just it stands out. If you look for it, you'll yeah. notice it. But also like as helpful as that is, like you still need to have the other information to complete right. the equation, right? Here, here's like let me, if I go if yeah. I if you stick me in the woods <clears throat> like right now, and even you stick me in the woods and you put me next to a tree with moss, I go, cool, that way's north. I'm not going to sit there and go, all right, my house is south. Time to turn around. Goodbye. Right, you start walking where south. You like, are. I don't, yeah. like, where the hell am I? Well, let me know? give you the quadratic equation pieces you need to solve that location. The oh, sun God. rises in a direction and sets in the opposite direction. Okay. Moss grows on a cardinal direction. Those are your two equations with three unknowns. Actually, that's unsolvable. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, <laughs> he parachuted at that one. <laughs> I was just going to give you the most asinine like, like math problem. Oh, wait, okay, wait. Where is the sunset and rise of them when my house is? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm lost. Hey everybody, Trevor here with some uh, housekeeping notes. You know, I like to talk to the Red Web Task Force periodically. I got to pull out my field notes notebook from the store, uh, store.roosteeth.com. Just a little plug there for you. I'm going to open that up and read my notes here because, uh, hey, the year is coming to a close and I just wanted to thank you all for listening. Honestly, you've been sharing the podcast, sharing your theories, and I know I've talked about this a lot and I'm never going to stop because it really does mean an awful lot to me. This is a passion project of ours and it's just so wonderful to come to the close of another awesome year. We're in the holiday seasons now. And so, yeah, I just want to take this moment and uh, and thank you all for listening. And if you want to share this podcast with a friend of yours, have another member in the task force locally to you, locally to you to share your theories and stories with about these episodes, I think that would be fantastic. And we'd greatly appreciate that. But with that said, I'd like to talk about some of our fantastic sponsors for today's episode. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. So you've heard us talk about BetterHelp before, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around getting help with your mental health. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions, and we need to learn to work with them and not avoid them, which I think is a very big topic. Now, I know a lot of us take care of our bodies with things like going to the gym, eating healthily, uh, visiting the doctor, all of those things, but I think it's incredibly important that we all focus on our minds just as much as our bodies. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You also don't have to do it in person if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. Again, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Task Force members get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash RedWeb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash RedWeb. This episode of RedWeb is also sponsored by Burrow. Furniture shopping is never a pleasant experience. Trust me, little Trevor hated going to the furniture store with his parents. It felt so long and boring, and sitting on a bunch of couches was just weird to me. But Burrow has gotten rid of everything that's the worst part about shopping for that new couch. They ditched the painful shopping experience in favor for an easy-to-use website that lets you create and customize your own furniture. 
Burrow has modern designs that make moving easy, all made with durable materials. So it's smartly made as it is stylish. And no matter the order, Burrow offers free shipping so you don't have to worry about sneak delivery charges or anything like that. And if you need help picking something out, Burrow also has world-class customer support uh, that can answer any questions that you might have about the process, about getting your couch, delivery, designing, all of that. They can help you out. So thanks again to the team over at Burrow for supporting the show. Task Force members, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash redweb. That's Burrow. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash red web for $75 off burrow.com slash red web. And with that said, let's dive right back into the treasure hunt. One of the other kind of pieces of controversy I did want to dig into because we kind of were, were getting into that ourselves was in 2019, Forrest Fenn actually had a lawsuit filed against him alleging that the treasure was in fact a hoax and that Fenn was misleading searchers. And this compounds the previous aforementioned like unfortunate circumstances because if people are going missing, getting hurt, dying, trying to look for this treasure, and it turns out to be a hoax, that's a woof. Um, yeah, see, I that's, mean, it already is a woof, even if it is real, but like, woof. That's where, like, in my back pocket, you know what I'm saying? If I was Finn, it's, it's like I would want to try, I would hire uh, someone with legal knowledge trying mm. to get ahead of situations like mm-hmm. this, you know, and they'd be like, Well, someone might come after you as a hoax, right? And at that point, I'd whip out all the photos, right, of me just posing next to the treasure, like arms crossed, like, Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought he was gonna pull on it, and then pointing at the treasure, like, like mm, Get it, and then just like, <laughs> like, like, and then like, Bam, pretty guy, <laughs> bam, bless, like, yeah, bless up. You know, so like, I literally be like, oh, this a hoax? Bam, there it is. The whole suite of photos of just get it, bless, uh, rise up, uh, left. Here, here it is, get it. This your bag? Oh, my bag? I left it. I can't see for I can't see Forrest Fenn doing any of that, but I love to picture it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, and this is why like, I love your gut check, because, you know, as you were mentioning, there's got to be a lot of red tape, right? Yeah. Not only do you want to get legally involved before you go do something like this, you want to lawyer up, make sure you're secure, but Fenn was already involved with the FBI over the possession of a lot of these items in the first place. Yep. See? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2009, in relation to the looting of a Native American artwork, the FBI raided his estate oh. and took some artifacts from his collection. So, I mean, that's, again, that's where you kind of enter that really murky water of like, okay, is it is it appropriate to kind of repossess cultural pieces, cultural artifacts, historical yeah. items? Because like, that was my concern. just because you have it doesn't mean you have ownership. There's exactly. possession and there's ownership, yeah. right? Yeah. There's rightful ownership. Uh, Fenn was ultimately not charged with a crime in this circumstance, but three people involved with the case... Uh, I just want to give a quick trigger warning here for self-harm. Uh, three people that were involved in this case actually ended their lives uh, because of the drama surrounding it. Yeah, you you don't want to be on the FBI's radar, right? No. You, you want to be like the task force where if you go up to an FBI agent and be like, I'm a part of the Red Web task force, they go, what? They just they just nod and they go, and they go that, okay, was, a, that was an interesting person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they pat you on the head and then let you go. Yeah, I mean, that's also why, too, like I always, you know, even sometimes maybe too much urge caution when we go into these mysteries, because some of these are 
tangible. Some of these are actionable. And yeah. uh, and, and whether oh. you want to get involved or not directly, like I always urge respect and caution because you never know what lies around any given mysterious well, corner. Yeah, I mean... Any way you slice it, you just got to be careful. Like you were saying, a lot Look of these, yourself you can first, get you out know? there and you can actually get involved with these mysteries. Some, I mean, you can do it just sitting on the toilet on your phone, right? You can type in uh, and go down a dark path or uh, illegal sites or whatnot. Right. Um, Don't want to be browsing the dark web with numb legs, you know? Yeah. No, you know, no Charlie horse. You ever sit on the toilet too long? <clears throat> oh, all the time. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> then you get up, you got wobbly legs. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I was thinking of somebody now that like, well, listen, I sat on the toilet too long and my legs are numb because I'm ill, but uh, now it is time to get up and well, my legs have gone too wobbly. I can't. Yeah. You know, you so you end up on it even longer. Yeah, you sit there and you got strange legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. know them no more because they're numb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about now. Now we've outlined some of the controversies. Whether you know, is this a hoax? Is this for notoriety? Is is the is he endangering people um, without giving proper caution? All of these things. All right, they're all very fair. But uh, let's flash forward now because you were you were asking about this. Do we have an answer on has this been found or not? Because when we Christian and I were first talking about this, it preceded the date I'm about to talk about, right. and so it hadn't been found. But I will say this seems like ahead. a very much all or nothing thing, right? In the in the episode yeah. of like the secret, there was like nine different believe, locations. Was it nine, yeah, nine, nine, yeah. nine Christian. Okay, yeah. So there's nine different <gasps> locations. Nine clues okay, here nine with Forest Fen's treasure. Nine oh locations with nine and keys. One owl. Flip those three nines upside <laughs> three down. Buff signs. And then you have the beast number. And, and the owl's eyes can hands. look between those two. Hands and the other O can have two baby hands inside. <laughs> It's like that equation, like where the woman looks confused and the math problems are yep. flying around. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, on June 6th, last year, 2020. Oh? Yeah, or at least of the year of recording this, because this is going to outlive all of us, this yeah. podcast. But on June 6th of 2020, Forrest Fenn updated his blog to reveal that the treasure had been found. Wow. Yeah. What's interesting, too, and a shout out to to the boys here um, at BuzzFeed Unsolved. They just wrapped their their show. They did a series finale. Hats off to them because they, they I mean, this is just another couple of boys in our space doing the very same thing, yeah. exploring mysteries and the paranormal. And I actually very much enjoyed they they went out and this is just me giving them a shout out. Uh, they went out in search for Fen's treasure. They they made a video kind of looking at the clues and trying to find it. Um, and this was obviously before it was found. So, right. Uh, it was a very interesting video and is a good way to get hands on with this mystery from afar. But uh, it's interesting now after after watching something like that to find that this or to hear that this treasure has been found, uh, because I genuinely was thinking, especially after seeing countless people, I, I watched a lot of people's videos on them trying to find this. And it does, at the end of the day, seem so difficult, despite feeling right. so simple. Yeah. Um, so many people have been to the same spot because they're like, I am so dead certain that all of the clues led to this spot. And so many people have found that same spot on their own volition, on their own solve. And that, like, I was like, okay, it seems that this is definitely going to be found right away, like, soon, or it's never going to be found. It was right. There was no in-between. And so, yeah, uh, he updates his blog, and he says, boom, it's been found. And I'll, uh, I'll read that post now. He says, oh, we better have a ton of information. Yeah. So he says, it was under a canopy of stars in the lush, forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from the spot where I hid it more than 10 years ago. 
I do not know the person who found it, but the poem in my book led him to the precise spot. I congratulate the thousands of people who participated in the search and hope they will continue to be drawn by the premise of other discoveries. So the search is over. Look for more information and photos in the coming days. So Fenn told news outlets that the man from, quote, back east found the treasure and proved it with a picture of the chest and its contents, as well as details only the finder or Fenn himself could know. Um, okay, I'm gonna cut you off at the pass here. Don't even worry about it. The way this is being laid out to me seems like we're not gonna get any photos or hints or any tangible mm-hmm. evidence that this person <laughs> found this thing, right? right. And like At this point, you're making it seem like we just have to go off of Finn's word, and that's kind of sketch. The man from the beginning, the man at the center of so many different controversies, this only builds on the one that this is a freaking hoax, right? I like to believe that this is real. I mean, the Me too. Because the man was doing this, and he was doing it he publicly for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Oh, hello, I, I am random author and I have all these artifacts, right? It's like, no, this guy like had an art store or art gallery that you could walk into mm-hmm. and for many years and did it very successfully and was known by many people. But like, I mean, why not show a picture? And we talked earlier about the person that found this would probably want to tell people and shot it from the rooftops. Right. And so, oh, maybe they don't want to get involved with the FBI. Maybe, maybe, you know, like if you picked up something uh, that had a couple problematic pieces in it, you're like, well, I don't want those to get yoinked. But also, like, but how you, what are you going to sell them on the black market? If, Dude, just be a good person. Give those up. Keep the gold. Have a good time. Yeah. But I mean, take it to Vegas, put it all on red. I didn't want lose to, it. like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could take pictures of it yeah. and then just send it to Fan and be like, what's Look, the pose you take with this found, one? Uh, this one? Yeah. I'd be like, bleh. Yeah, kiss to the sky. Kiss to the sky. Yeah. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's a flag. Um, Unsportsmanlike conduct. (laughs) Taking a couple pieces of gold. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And I mean, you're not wrong because it sparked a lot of upset and, and sometimes outrage in online communities who wanted answers to many of the questions that they had had over the years. Instead, what they got was what they felt like an anticlimactic ending, right? I mean... If you go, out, you got to go off the word of, of the guy who started this, and, and yep. sure, you can trust him. Uh, maybe you can't. I don't know. But like, do you do you trust the man who started a mystery who then came under the fire of a potential hoax who then said, "Nah," but trust me though, somebody found it. And um, most likely, this is real for the number of reasons we stated. Right. But like, ah oh man, this just felt like. Of course, this is Red Web, so even. With this story, it was very much like, ooh, this lined up very well, Yeah. right? That we had a guy that was um, reliable who would be, who has had possession of such things, then outlined it um, very well with a good chunk of, uh, a good spread of details. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we end it with, it's been investigated by the FBI and... It oh, and it was found, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, it was found. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning. I mean, you, I'm, I'm really happy that you bring up the FBI piece of this, too, because, like, that could be a reason to stay anonymous. But also, 2019 was when the lawsuit was filed. 2020, almost on the heels of that, in the grand scheme of things, is when it was found. Almost as if to oh. say, like, let's get a new publicity stunt going. Let's let's bury this mud, this, this oh. dirt. Like, I don't know. I that's don't want to be like, cynical, but it's just, it comes to mind. very close. I mean... Especially when it's been buried for, at minimum, a decade. 
What time? Like, what year was it buried? Yeah, that's a good question, Christian. Do we know exactly when he buried the treasure? I know when the book came out, and maybe when he had yeah. the idea, but he he doesn't say explicitly when. But uh, we talked about how one of the clues was it's a location where a seventy year old oh, person, right? Who, which is what his age was at the time of hiding, and he was seventy in the year two thousand. So okay, it's like safe to assume that's when he hid. Yeah. Him. So okay, spent the rest yeah, of the time okay. writing the book and. What's interesting, though, is that, that that's like 10 years without clues, right? Because the book came out in 2010, 2010 right? 2010, yeah. So, I mean, good luck in I that first decade. there for yeah. a while. But either way, I mean, it was still well, it was still public knowledge that it was around for 20 years, but it wasn't really viral and sought after until yeah. the, the previous decade. So The weird thing is, like, I don't know. Like, it, there's a lot of traffic and information out there on the Internet. But I just felt like this is something that would have been publicized. Maybe it was the way it was discovered and the way it ended. But you'd think that'd be like, oh, million dollar treasure, like finally found and uncovered and stuff like that. And people would talk about it more. But I just heard nothing of this. Yeah. Yeah. What? So anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, ultimately, on June 22nd, right after hearing some of this feedback, um, just a few weeks later, Fenn said that the finder of the treasure would allow him, Fenn, to reveal the location of the chest as Wyoming. So of all four states that he gave, the finder basically was probably trying to avoid doxing himself if you take him at face value. And Fenn was then allowed to say, okay, the treasure of all the locations was in Wyoming. It'll be interesting to see of all the final destinations that people came up with, uh, if you could pinpoint all of those across the map, see how many of them ended up in Wyoming. Maybe a heat map of those locations Ooh, to see how accurate yeah. some people, like, could you imagine being like, I was a hundred yards off. That'd be Woo. nuts. That'd be wild. Um, but what's interesting, and if you want to kind of put your tinfoil hat on a little tighter, what's interesting, it was only a few short months later, on September 7th of 2020, that Fenn passed away at the age of 90 years old. And so... Ooh, it all lines up too perfectly. It lines up. I mean, sometimes that happens in life, but yeah, also sure. when you're on the, the... Especially when we just discussed the uh, controversies it makes you wonder you know he's getting up there in age does he maybe want to kind of button up this yeah this mystery of his own his himself wants to see the conclusion of this right and so before i go he says like maybe i want to button up this legacy i've left instead of like why wouldn't you just give like stronger clues at that point and let have you know let people have a even better chance of finding it yeah i mean that's a good point i don't know it, it, if i guess if at a certain point push comes to shove and people are kind of getting lost and hurt and stuff maybe he's just like listen all right i either need to someone needs to find this now or i just need to end it but that's true but uh you know as as always you know it, we uh we like to react i like to have you react to the mystery as we go but ultimately what happened in december of 2020 the finder actually revealed themselves oh so we have the treasure hunter he he decides to reveal himself we actually have a concrete person now there is like at least part of that mystery falls away if you again if you want to believe it all but jack stoof decided to release his name to the public because the pending lawsuits over finding the treasure would reveal him eventually right so he, you were oh, right in that yeah. he wanted to maintain anonymity but yeah, eventually right, lawsuits are going to make their way out. His name's going to make it. Exactly. So you know what? Like, Take your okay, future into your own I hands. Mm -hmm. Wow. So congrats to him. 
Maybe. I, I mean, maybe, right? Be there like, have been at least say, six I, lawsuits this year alone, 2021. Yeah, I was very hesitant in saying that because then at that point, it's like, it yeah. might even be public knowledge what was like in it specifically, more to a T of just like rather than just like, oh, there's gold, like what kind of gold, where it was from, whatnot. And then you have people from different countries coming after you being like, this doesn't belong to you, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, Sounds like a headache, to be honest. Does a fine get taken out of that treasure, or does it get taken out of his kind of God, yeah, wealth, there's just so much know? red tape around that. Like, is, is yeah. it worth finding at that point? I want you to brace your neck real quick, because I read ahead a little bit on the notes. and Okay. Prepare for some whiplash, because in one of these lawsuits, in Coombs v. Fenn, <laughs> the lawsuit itself, right, it is speculated that Taylor Swift... What? Now possesses an emerald ring that was once in that treasure chest. What? I don't know. I'd never heard of that. What? This mystery is still evolving to this day, which is, I mean, despite it being found like last year and some some time, some grass growing under our feet, this is why we kind of held off because it seemed like things were still kind of evolving. What? That seems like such a strange thing, but it's... Huh? Piece of a side note there, but uh, I don't know. That's a chunky, meaty side note. What? Yeah. Something yeah. Like the Taylor Swift? Yeah, the one and only. Yeah, there's uh, an excerpt that says uh, they allege that music star Taylor Swift, quote, exposes in lyrics and videos that she knows the location and understands dozens of hints and clues released over the 10 years. We're going to have to Wait, do. Wait, now there's a song. She has hints <laughs> in her song. Dude, bro, we're, what? We're going to have to do a whole docu-series on T-Swift lyrics. Like, we're going to have to <laughs> oh dissect who God. she's talking about, what she's talking about, and when and where and what. Like, she's got the most cryptic lyrics I've ever heard for a pop country singer you know what i mean <laughs> I, and i'm here for it i love this it is, okay this has gone off the rails yeah well let's talk about another one of the uh the lawsuits here there was a searcher named bruno raffos who sued fenn's estates for 10 million dollars claiming that he had already solved the location of the treasure remotely from france and shared this in an email to fenn so he solved it remotely sent an email to fenn and said i found it i'm done but because of the pandemic, I guess, going on at the U.S., travel was restricted. He wasn't able to come over, find it to, you know, retrieve the prize. But here's the thing, like, he could have also just as easily been wrong. Fenn's not going to say, yep, that's it. Go get it. Like, you, I'm pretty sure the treasure hunt is meant to be like, I mean, that's money. Well, that's, Go physically that's money, get it. muddy territory. But right. it's just, I, it's, I, okay. so in my mind, that's just one of those things where, like, it's very unfortunate. Wait a minute. E- even if he did find it. Okay, things get take a twist for for the worse here. Because, uh-huh. like, listen, I was trying to give him a benefit of the doubt. Because I know you and I are both reacting like, that's a bit flabbergasted, a bit like, mm, I don't know. But here's the thing. He's claiming in his lawsuit, yes, I understand the travel restrictions. I understand, like, if you think you, you found it specifically and said it to the guy. He's saying, he's claiming that Fenn moved the treasure from where he had deduced it to be, somewhere in Colorado, to where Stoof found it in Wyoming. So not only is he saying, I found it, like if you found the spot that Stoof said he found it and then Fenn like ghosted you and didn't respond, like I can see that. I don't see a $10 million lawsuit. I see an unfortunate circumstance. Okay, but like- But like, I had had the right place in Colorado. You moved it and then he found it elsewhere. How was that even a lawsuit? No, dude, you were wrong. But but now, so- (laughs) I mean, like, I was very intrigued as to, like, like why he stayed on email. No, I was very intrigued in terms of, like, okay, how would you have really dealt with that situation? How do you approach it? Like, it's all muddy because, like, the person 
knows the location, but he can't travel there. It's a pandemic, etc. But like now I'm intrigued as to how this is even a lawsuit, <laughs> right? Like that just doesn't make any damn sense to me. Uh, he moved it. I have no proof. I have no way of proving it, but he moved it and I filed this lawsuit. How's that even taken seriously? Okay, the cryptic poem might fit your just arbitrary right. location. Uh, maybe it's in my backyard. I don't know, but like, eh, that that's silly. Uh, but hey, that's what happens when there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah. That's why there's, yeah, uh, for better or worse reasons, there's six lawsuits happening now like, in this year. Eh, whatever. But uh, let's get back to Stoof because the man found it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about him. He's a medical student from Michigan, and he had actually begun searching for the treasure back in 20, 2018. So it's been some years. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it sounds like from him that he, I, I don't know if this is like sporadic or if he added it up or how he came up with this, but he said essentially it took him 25 days over the course of those two years to isolate the location and, and find it. And that's where he then found it, apparently, on June 6th of 2020. And so it's interesting that, I mean, he must have reached out to Fenn, like, right away, because that blog post was made that very same day. So I wonder, was, like, was oh. there a phone number in that treasure chest, or... Yeah, how yeah, I would you... Uh, well, I mean, June 6th, 2020, there's a lot of tech behind that, you mm -hmm. know? Maybe, I, I don't know if there's, like, a phone number or an email, but, I mean, boom, quick and easy... Fend at that point probably isn't, you know, it's just chilling, you know. Um, Ooh. He might, Fend might also have had that written up ready to go as well. That's what I would have done. Um, it's just be like, okay, here's the blog post ready to go. I kind of like have it like as a blanket post and that way I can just plug a couple things here and there, change this up, the date, the time, etc. And then boom, send. Mm -hmm. You know, it, one would speculate what you might do with that kind of eclectic treasure and that volume of monetary wealth. I mean, once you appraise it and sell it, that's where the money comes from. But yeah. Stoof himself said, hey, listen, I'm not going to keep this due to not only tax purposes, but I got heavy student loans. So what he said he was going to do was put it up for auction. Uh, what's what's interesting, though, to me is that both Fenn and Stoof agreed together to, to keep this location secret. And what? that's what kind of like... As the, the mystery enthusiast, I'm like, I want to know. I want to know how you, like, yeah. where it was, how you found it, how the clues well, really no were point. meant to be interpreted, you know? Oh, but, but here's the thing, though. Like, why keep it a secret? Mm -hmm. There's I can't think of any other reason, at, you know what I mean, like, to keep it a secret. Or are you keeping it a secret because people would, like, dig into it heavily and just go, there's no way, uh, right? Like, right, like, yeah, oh, man, man. this was, this, this, this park didn't exist this piece of the park right, didn't exist 10 right. years ago etc no yeah, way yeah, a seven-year-old yeah. man could do that like i guess like, that's a good it, point it but apart man but like, i, I want to believe in why it why would you hide like the location that's that makes no saying. sense it's literally like the least important part of like that tail end of what's happening right now right that's i mean i i really want to believe um and all that but like i guess that's just or another you just pick like oh this is a medical student the guy's in the medical field he's got some debt but like hey you know, but like, why, why be can, vague about the location? Like, why not? So why weird. not say it? Why? Why? Like, why is the timing so odd? Not only with regards to the lawsuit, but also his end of life. Are these all just coincidences that line up? It's or can you look at all these coincidences now. and say, maybe it didn't exist? I don't know. I don't want to sit here and be like hoax. But like, it's hard to ignore that. I, um, I do think that the treasure 
did exist. I just don't know if like someone actually found it. Yeah, it makes sense. Or to he exist. was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not feeling too well. Right. Um, because you know sometimes people are just like, I just kind of feel like. Right. Let's end the lawsuit. Let's end let's, the the, let's end the, the danger. Lawsuit, let's the say danger, it's done. Chase. Mm -hmm. And this person seems like a good person. Um, they could find it. Here's a location. Go. Yeah. I will say it is worth saying that after Stoof revealed himself in December, Fenn's, so this is after Fenn had passed away, mm -hmm. Fenn's family confirmed that it was Stoof. So his yeah. family hmm. corroborated the story that the two were telling. Uh, kind of in closing, before we get into the future of this treasure and the theories behind some of the, the angles here, the Fenn treasure community online is still incredibly active. And, you know, whether you still believe that it is there or was found, Regardless, I mean, some people are still trying to find that location and maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe he still liked the idea that people were treasure hunting. And um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of people on YouTube. There's the subreddit called Finding Fens Gold. Uh, there's Facebook and forum and all sorts of places online. So this is still very much alive and a lot of people are still looking for this destination. Just jump on that subreddit like, hey, guys, new here. Hope to find that treasure. <laughs> I found it. I won't tell you where. I want to play a game. I want to bury some treasure already. <laughs> the treasure has been found, but there is a bigger treasure to be found. <laughs> find the original location. Here are the you clues. Will, you will find my life's secret. <laughs> the greatest work of my entire life. Even more treasure. The choice is yours. <laughs> Hike or not, go. Or don't. Just don't repel. I'm 70 years old, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado, I want to dive into some of the... It's kind of a combination of the future of this mystery in addition to uh, a little bit of theorizing, not only with regards to the future, but also with regards to some of the things we've talked about. So uh, let's start with the location because that's something that we were already just talking about. Yep. You know, obviously it seems like the physical hunt is over but there's a lot of people that are still unsure because especially that exact location has been yet to be found and so you know similar to the secret as we talked about you have the boston cask which was one of the nine items that was actually found there's actually a debate on that as well with regards to the exact intentions behind the clues involved so yes maybe the end goal was found but was it found the right way? Was it luck? Was there other intent hidden within the poem and the clues? You know, that's still very much alive here. Yeah. And uh, and so there's a lot of people online talking about that. Another kind of thing that stands out and still has people asking questions is the blaze, right? If you remember going back to the poem, there was a moment in the poem where it says, if you've been wise and found the blaze, yada, yada, yada. Basically, like... It references something. It feels very much like a clue, but you think fire and, you know, there's no eternal flame just sticking out in the woods. You know, no. Smokey the Bear snuffed that out years ago. Yeah. yeah and so happen. a lot of people are also still diving into that. Like, what does the blaze reference? Um, if not a literal fire, you know, is it, here's some of the examples that they have. Like, is it light? Is it heat? Is it a breathtaking view? Is it hell? Like, I don't know, do we want to get kind of philosophical with it, deep with it, or, or is it rapid waters? A lot of people have really started to read into it. How would you yeah. feel like a, a blaze, you know, like... It, out of the things that you listed, uh, uh, it doesn't make sense. I would think like a, a bright but sunrise kicking through. The view, like, is where I lean towards? Yeah. I would say a view where the sun is definitely like Which is south weird, facing, like a blazing view. It's got to like be the sun. It's, it's that, or or you know, you walk through a, a pile of poison ivy and your legs go ablaze with yeah, you know, oh god, 
But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I would think view, but there's so many steps to connect Blaze with like the sun. Right. The view, Especially when all the other the clues sun, are so literal. Then you go, okay, like the the heat of the sun. Like there's yeah. just so many steps to get there. Right. Nothing else is is that kind of convoluted. Everything else seems a little bit more straightforward. So anyway, that's another piece that people like for the future of this mystery, people are still kind of chewing on. Um but let's talk about the auction as well. That's another interesting piece that stands out. Uh, as we mentioned, Stoof had his reveal, and as a part of that reveal, he said he was going to auction off these items. Now, what's interesting, and now this has only been about a year or so, as of, the again, the recording of this episode, the exact details of said auction have not been made public and seem to be ongoing and creating a lot of speculation, right? So, making people wonder. Is this auction real? Is it actually going to happen? Or does that backwards feed the idea that this is just made up? It wasn't Ooh, found, blah, so blah, blah. So has yet to happen yet? As far as right now, uh, late 2021, when we're recording this, uh, we don't know. Um, you know, there's a person called Packer Jack who claims to be an insider on the situation. And he has leaked some information. Again, these are all dubious at best. These, yeah, I mean, you know, okay, but like... Weird. This person named Packer Jack announced the imminent sale of the chest in its entirety in October of 2021 on Copper Dan's Facebook page, a community member and treasure hunter enthusiast. Right. So you have another person who doesn't even have their real real name in, in front of them. It's just another pseudonym. And it appeared that for whatever reason, Stoof held off on selling the chest and the chest sale was subsequently rushed. So not only did he hold back on initiating the sale, but then once the sale was made, it was like, da -da 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 -da, let's just get this done with. However, not everyone in the community trusts whoever this Packer Jack character is, and so to answer your question, we don't know. It's it's kind of, that's part of the ongoing mystery here is, was it found, and if it was, what's going on with the auction? It's, it's just a lot of It started weird, off so clean cut, yeah, and then yeah. just got really messy. Right. I, I was kind of excited to be like, cool, we got another one with an answer. Part but of the story, it got messy. Right. Never did I think that the messiest part of this whole mystery would be finding the damn thing. Right. Or or after the supposed finding, right? Yeah. Like the actual, like, <laughs> I own it, I have it, and now let's get confusing with it because it's all over the place now. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, that's all we really have on the auction thus far. Of course, as with every episode and every topic, if we have updates, we'll do a little... Uh, I mean, we've only done this once so far. I mean, we always right. talk about doing this, <laughs> yeah. but like, there are some things that... But just to keep reminding you... If, like, Here's the thing. We're not going to do a small update episode unless there's something really to update you on. I don't want to yeah. update you with like another maybe theory. We want to update you with some concrete stuff. So again, if there's an update here, as always, we'll let you know. We'll do a bonus episode. Um... But here's another interesting theory that kind of, <laughs> I don't know how to how to take this, if it's good or bad or ugly, but, you know, some people in the Fen treasure hunting community believe that the treasure was re-hidden in order to continue the chase. According to this Packer Jack, the entity, whoever this entity is, intends on re-hiding the chest. But according to Packer Jack, the treasure chest would not be sold with the final location intact. So... Basically, the chest would be sold and subsequently rehidden, and then no location for that new location would be given. So I'm like, all right, well then where are the new clues? 
are there new clues? What do you mean? You can't just, where in the world is, I'm going to put this anywhere. Like, you yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not how Carmen Sandiego rolled. Right. And what sucked about that show is that she was always in San Diego. It was in her name. It was the worst clue I've ever seen. But I mean, it started, so it got me started on mysteries. Dude, that is just, you're just tacking on just when I think that the, like, the whole mystery just doesn't have any more track to run on. We just keep tacking on more. Yeah. So now there's this whole thing about the buyer wants to put it out there and then really, but it's all coming from just some random person on the internet. Right. And but and what makes this, is even, there anything that this random person has shown to hold any weight or just. Yeah. Do they have any insider knowledge? Like, like yeah, a that's a good photo. Question. Um, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know, written document, anything, really. From doing a preliminary search and looking at a couple different sources, it seems like they're just a, a person. Oh, There's man. no, yeah, like, credibility. God, that's that's or hard to take out face value. It is. It really is. It's just, yeah, a figure that the community has seemingly elevated to the yeah. status. And that happens that. in online communities. You know, there's someone who's been around a while or someone that kind of tickles the intrigue and then they become kind of like a spokesperson or just, I don't know. So this is about to get messier with regards to this. Damn. Okay. It was found, but was it? Okay. No, maybe it was auction. Was there an auction? I don't know. Maybe it was. Okay. Now there's somebody else, but I'm not going to tell you where also it's rehidden. That's where we're at so far. Now, because of all that loosey goosey factualization, People are starting to theorize, okay, maybe, maybe because there aren't new clues, it's going to the original location. And maybe that's why they didn't uh, identify the original location. So someone found it, went, yee, sold it. That person went, yay, and put it back. But, but, but the thing is that that person that is putting it back in the same location didn't come into play. They're coming into play late in the game. Oh, yeah. Right? And already previously it was determined that the location would not be revealed so mm -hmm. that doesn't line up for me mm -hmm. because Unless, it was found yeah. given to fen and then during that time period then it was decided that the location would not be revealed and so these people coming in going like we're the reason why it's not revealed doesn't line up for me it's too well, late I guess maybe Stoof said, hey this is where I found it so if you want to go put it back there you can but thanks for the auction money like uh, I don't so know. Weird, though. It is very weird because a, I feel like that's such a reach. Here's the but. thing. This feels like, you know, you can launder money, whatever. Um, I'm not going to give you a how to on that one, but like this feels like laundering a lawsuit. You know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. like, and I obviously the <laughs> legal system is not going to allow such flimsy storytelling to obfuscate right. you from the truth. But at least in the public eye, it almost seems like a way to launder your, your public image. Right. Like if you start getting under the microscope of legal proceeds and lawsuits because of uh, taking cultural items from around the world and then you kind of gamify it and then someone gets it. Now it's really, really messy. Let's just say that is what's happened. This is my own theory now. Maybe they're like, fine, let's clean up this mess in the public eye and handle the lawsuit silently. Let's just say someone found it. Let's find somebody who is willing to go ahead with that. Uh, they all say they found it, and then from there it gets even muddier and muddier, on, and so it makes us lose track of where it's going and how. Um, and so that way there's the public image is now cleaned up of Fen Forest, or Forest Fen, but the lawsuit might still happen behind the scenes with regards to his estate uh, and, and, you know, right. damages or what have you and returning items. I don't know. It just seems like it, it has all the telltale signs of, like, 
obfuscation. It's it's trying to blur the truth because yeah. every step there's a new blurry element, and right. now at the stage we're at, may, it's so muddy ooh, you can't track it. I can I can see that because you know the lawsuits. You know if, if in you know he already knew that his his condition was terminal, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't want the lawsuit falling into the hands of his family, mm -hmm. right? I mean even. Even then, the family got involved saying, like, oh, no, no, like, it was found, like, it, it was, you know, it was discovered. So maybe it was something like that, where it was just like, hey, let's uncover it, let's get have it be found. Um, that way we can try and kill as many of these lawsuits as possible. And that way, you know, if I pass, or when I pass, you guys don't have to deal with as much baggage. Yeah. Or, huh. or simply enough, somebody found it, and the feds right. took it. Bingo, bango, done, right? Yeah. To not only, you know, uh, pull the artifacts, the historical pieces out of it and send them back to where they belong or put them back or whatever, but like as damages for all of the searchers and family members and people right. that went missing and all that stuff. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. And, um, you know, it, time will tell if another set of clues comes out to say, no, it is rehidden, but a new location. We'll see. Um, but in closing, you know, I don't want to beat this one too too much over the head. I mean, we talked about this one a lot, but there's the idea that this is still a hoax, right? And and I think yeah. that we've been pretty vocal about that one. Uh, there's a lot of reasons as to how it could be a hoax, all the obfuscation, all the all the vagueness, and now we have pseudonyms and all this like stuff. And and I want to end on this one, a nice, really interesting one. DB Cooper. Oh. Interestingly enough, there are theories around this. Not that DB Cooper perhaps found it or has it. But that Fenn himself is actually D.B. Cooper. Uh, okay. <laughs> and that, you know, because, you know, the idea that, okay, there's a whole episode on D.B. Cooper that we talk about. I encourage you, if you yeah. want to get all the details to understand what we're about to say, dive in. It's a fascinating one. I love that one. We all know it's Loki. But uh, if you go off of D.B. Cooper's supposed experience in the Air Force and the timeline that we were working with, it kind of loosely fits Fenn's retirement and Fenn also had that Air Force experience, and um, it's not a whole lot of evidence, but yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it's it's interesting to just get out there, but yeah. I, don't, I don't put any weight behind it. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, that's where we land as of right now with regard to Fenn's treasure. A deeply fascinating treasure hunt, to say the least, uh, but after letting so much time go beyond finding the thing, it almost seems like it only gets weirder yeah, the more got, we think we know. It got weirder in a place that I didn't think it was going to happen. Right. right? I, think was, I thought there was going to be pretty clean cut. And mm -hmm. at the tail end, it just got disgusting. Oh, yeah. It got <laughs> messy. If you drew a, like a flow chart, it went like yeah. dot to dot to thousand dots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun one, but yeah. it also just goes to show that like, this this man just tried to do something cool, right? And other people messed it up. Maybe it's not that. And serious, then on top right? of yeah. that, they just started suit like making all these lawsuits. Like, man, ain't nobody can have good things nowadays. <laughs> well, anyway, I know we've got a bit of a long one on our hands, but thank you all for listening to this episode of Red Web. As always, we're gonna see you next Monday for another one. But hey, before you go, just a gentle reminder, it is the holiday season. If you want to give the gift of Red Web to your friends, you can do it in the free way of telling them about the mysteries that we talk about, having that discussion amongst yourselves. Or if you if you want to, uh, wrap something up nice and neat. We have uh, plenty of things still left in stock that are print-on-demand, will never go out of stock unless we 
break the manufacturer again. At store.roosterteeth.com, we have some shirts, some embroidered shirts, some hats, uh, mugs, all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, it helps us out. Um, you know, it really does support the show and keeps us going. Uh, and keeps us going. And then the more you support the show, the more they go, hey, how about we get you guys out in the field again? And I go, ooh, yeah, it. that's that's right. <laughs> one one shirt is one step towards Fredo it finding re- Bigfoot. <laughs> Honestly, it really is, and I hope that it's not not another scary place. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, uh, but thank you, everybody. Yeah, you thank you all so much. Well, anyway, have a happy holiday, happy uh, winter as of this coming out, or at least soon thereafter. And Fredo, I will see you next Monday for another mystery. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>